So welcome to this day long of meditation. It's always lovely to come and spend a day just settling and opening to our experience. And this day in particular will be um, not so much a focusing on the breathing or paying attention just to one particular object, but really opening up to all of our experience, the full flow of our experience, right from the beginning. Um, this day long is being taught in the style of my teacher, Sayada Utejaniya, who really encourages just a relaxed, open awareness. And so that's what I will be guiding you in today. So I just want to get a little bit of a sense. Um, how many of you are new to Spirit Rock? One, two. Well, welcome to Spirit Rock. And how many of you are, are new to meditation who've never meditated before? Okay. Um, so, to begin with, first let's just make sure that, that logistics are covered just so that you, um, you know your way around here. Um, so out in the foyer, there are some restrooms um, if you need to go to the restroom. And if you need to go at any time, please just, just go. I mean, you don't need to kind of force yourself to stay here. Um, and then there's tea out in the lobby um, and, a, and a bookstore out there also. Um, and the walking uh, practice that we'll be doing today, if you could stay in this area below the gate, if you walk up the hill a little ways, there's a gate that leads to the residential retreat center, and there is a retreat going on right now. So um, if, you, if you'd stay below the gate, that will leave the residential retreat space in, um, as a contained space for the retreatants. So this style of meditation that I'm going to be talking about today is very simple. Um, minimal, there are minimal instructions really to this practice. Very much it is a lot about relaxing and recognizing the quality of the mind that is paying attention. That's, that's the basic instruction. It's really a, a a mindfulness of how our mind is paying attention. We could call it a mindfulness of mind. Although we will be paying attention to all aspects of our experience, bodily as well as mental, we are, we are interested in how the mind res is responding to those experiences. So since it's the work of the mind, since meditation is the work of the mind, it's important that we understand the mind and um, get a sense of what it means to pay attention to the mind. So I'm going to start with a little exercise that Sayadaw Utejaniya often starts with when he teaches meditation. He says, put your hands together and just feel the sensations of the hands touching. Can you all feel that? How do you know those sensations? How do you know those sensations? Why do you know those sensations? Perhaps I should say that. 
anybody. Interoception, is it? That what do you mean by interoception? Either that or proprioception, one of the two of them. There's feeling. There's feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, the feeling is, um, is there. Um, if you weren't putting your attention there, would you feel them? It's, it's the attention, and the attention is a quality of the mind. That's an aspect of the mind. Now, to make this really clear to you about how attention works, I want you to pay attention to the sensations of your lips touching. Were you aware of that before I mentioned it? Did you become aware of it as I mentioned it? Mm-hmm. That's the mind at work. That quality of attention, the quality of um, where we choose to direct our attention, is an aspect of the mind. It's not the only aspect, but it is just one that's kind of easy to see in, in that exercise. So since meditation is fundamentally the work of the mind, it's really helpful if the mind is relaxed as we are engaging in meditation. It's not so helpful for the mind to be tense and tight and trying to hold on to experience, but much more relaxed and open, receiving experience. So in order to support a relaxation of the body, of the mind, it's helpful to uh, relax the body. So we start, in a way, just relaxing the body and noticing how that impacts our mind. So we start our meditation by relaxing, relaxing the body, relaxing the mind. Um, The relaxed mind, when we relax our minds, There can be a kind of a natural awareness that comes. So right now, are you aware? And what are you aware of? It's actually pretty simple. It's nothing very um, obscure. It's just knowing that you are aware and what you are aware of. So the more relaxed you are, the easier it is to touch into this very simple quality of just knowing. And there doesn't need to be any particular thing that we pay attention to in order to meditate. It's the quality of the awareness that actually is what makes it meditation. When the mind is open and relaxed, when it's not trying to create something or when it's not trying to get rid of something, that is a state of natural awareness and is the state that we are uh, cultivating, this state of open, attentive relaxation of mind that neither goes towards or away from experience. So the more relaxed we are, the more easier it is to meditate. So if you feel tense during the day, relax. That 
actually can be one way of engaging in the meditation to begin with, is just noticing when there's tension and relaxing. So mindfulness is what we are cultivating. And perhaps a good working definition for mindfulness might be something along the lines of knowing what is happening while it is happening. The while it's happening part is important because there is an awareness, a kind of awareness that happens all the time. There's a, a process in our minds by which we know things, that there's a process in our minds by which we know things, feel things, and perceive things. So there's just these processes that go on, and they happen all the time, whether or not we're paying attention, whether or not we are mindful. So there's a kind of awareness that is just a part of the natural process of being human. And if you, um, if you, if you reflect on a time, perhaps, where you might have been a little bit focused on something, you know, uh, something at work or something in a com- on the computer or perhaps reading a book or a newspaper. You know, while you're focused on that, there may be things going on around you that you're not particularly paying attention to. But if somebody comes in later and says, did you see that person go by? You might be able to remember, yeah, that person did go by, even though you weren't particularly paying attention to that person. Because there's, there's that kind of the perception, the recognition of what's happening goes on all the time, the uh, knowing, the feeling of what's happening. These things happen to us all the time, continually throughout the day. But that's not mindfulness. Mindfulness is the conscious self-reflection, the self-reflecting knowing of those processes. So this is an aspect of our minds that, in a way, I think is one of the things that makes us uniquely human. That capacity to turn our, turn our attention towards what is happening and know, I am knowing this right now. So this, uh, the aspect of mindfulness is, is, is cultivating that self-reflective capacity just to recognize what's happening in the moment. Kind of like a mirror will reflect experience or a mirror will reflect what's going on. The reflection isn't the stuff that's going on, but it, it, is, a, it, it is a process by which you can recognize. If you're facing the mirror, you can see what's going on behind you. So the, the mirror is kind of like a process by which you can see. So likewise, the mindfulness is a process that reflects what is happening in the present moment. So that's what we're basically doing in this process of meditation is waking up to what is already happening in our experience. We're not trying to construct an experience. We're not trying to direct our attention necessarily. We are opening our attention, relaxed, and receiving what is already happening without reaching towards it, trying to hold on to it, without pulling back away from it. It sounds simple, but it's our habits of mind towards that reaching forward and pulling back are so strong that that's actually a lot of what we get to watch 
that um, as we engage in this process throughout the day, you'll see your mind reaching for things and pulling away from things. And that is also just a process that can be watched. And as we watch that, as we turn our attention to watch ourselves reaching towards something, then in a way we're, we're taking a step back from that reaching and we're watching that as a process that's happening. So we're not so much engaged in the act of reaching itself. So I'll talk more about that aspect as we go on in the day. So the basic process here is mindfulness. We are opening ourselves up to what is happening in the moment, just relaxing and noticing. Are you aware? What are you aware of? That's the basic instructions from Sayadaw Utejaniya. That's pretty much all he gives. And then there's a lot of discussion about what you're experiencing and how you work with it. So this morning I'm going to give a little bit of more discussion about how to actually meditate with this technique. And then throughout the day we'll have some periods of discussion, uh, which is the style in which Sayadaw Utejaniya teaches. He doesn't particularly give Dharma talks. He gives instructions and then he opens it up for discussions and says, what are you experiencing? Let's talk about it. Let's, let's work with it. So that's the style in which I'm going to be teaching today. I'm not going to particularly give a Dharma talk except for this time this morning when I give instructions. And then I'll give some more instructions um, this afternoon. But it'll mostly be um, discussion for the uh, exploration of the teachings. So there's this mindfulness of just Noticing what you are aware of. Are you aware? What are you aware of? Now in terms of effort in this practice, effort typically in our meditation practice we think about effort um, with respect to staying with some particular object. Uh, And often when we think about um, effort, we think about trying to hold on to something or or, um, kind of willfully doing something. And here the effort is much lighter. And I have discovered for myself also that this emphasis on this lightness of touch with effort with this style of practice has greatly helped me as I engage in other kinds of meditation practices, concentration practices for instance, where we do tend to come back over and over again to one single object. This very light touch of effort is very, very helpful. So this is one of the big benefits for me from working with this practice, is the light touch. So I'm going to give uh, another little example here. So right now, how hard is it to experience the sensations of your hands? Notice the sensations of your feet. sensations of your buttocks. Notice hearing. Notice your breathing. How hard is that to do? Generally it's not very hard in a moment to be mindful. Pointing you. Yep, I am. 
um, but the, uh, but the um, actual amount of effort it takes when you point to something to be aware, that's not very hard. For a moment, for a split second, it's not very hard to take in experience. What's hard is to do it over time because of the habits of our mind. The habits of our mind just take us off. We, we um, have things we, got, we think about or it's just hard to just keep remembering to come back over and over again. And that's the key with the effort in this practice is simply remembering. So with this practice, the effort has to do with how frequently you remind yourself to be aware. And the, um, the exploration at the beginning, we generally need to remind ourselves pretty frequently because the mind tends to go off. So just reminding yourself to be aware, you can, you can do that through um, just simply asking yourself questions. Am I aware? What am I aware of? What am I aware of? What am I aware of? So it's the frequency that, and, and not trying to force or press yourself into the experience, just noticing what's obvious. That's another thing I'll say a lot today probably. Just notice what's obvious about your experience. There's no need to try to figure anything out about your experience. Just meeting directly what is obviously manifesting in your mental and physical uh, stream in this moment. As you engage in this over time, um, the mind starts to settle the mind starts to settle down, and we don't need to remind ourselves as much. I kind of look at this process as one, it's, it's one of kind of gaining momentum in a way. That in order to begin, we have to remind ourselves a lot. And as the momentum gathers, then we, we don't need to remind ourselves as much. So part of the art of this practice is learning how frequently to remind yourself and playing with that frequency. An analogy I like to use for this is one of um, a scooter. You know, the little scooters that kids ride around on. To start when you're on a scooter, you have to, to tap your foot on the ground pretty frequently to get the scooter going. And then after a while, when the scooter's kind of got some momentum, then you can just ride it and just occasionally put your foot down to tap to keep it going. It's kind of like that with our mindfulness, that initially we have to remind ourselves a lot, and then at, over time we'll start to see that there's a kind of a natural momentum that we can just kind of hang out and see how long, how long are we staying present for, and then just remind ourselves occasionally to check in. What am I aware of? Am I aware? What am I aware of? So when I first went to Sayadaw Utejaniya, the only, the main instruction he gave me was uh, 
The only work we give our minds is to remind ourselves to be aware. That's the only thing we have to do in meditation. Just reminding. Just that reminding. So with the mindfulness and the effort, those two coming together, as the mindfulness and the effort come together, the mind tends to be present for longer. It, it will tend to um, be able to stay present with experience for longer and longer periods of time. This is how concentration develops in this practice. It is through this continuity of awareness. So it's, um, it's not through staying focused on one thing. It's a different kind of concentration. And many of you are probably familiar with this kind of concentration from other uh, meditation classes. It's called moment-to-moment concentration. It's a concentration that develops because it is of a stability of awareness. So as the mind stabilizes and is able to just meet experience, the changing flow of experience, there is a concentration, a collecting, a gathering, a settling of the mind that supports all of the things that the concentration on one object uh, supports. It supports a lessening of reactivity. It supports an ability to more clearly know what's happening. It supports our ability to see changing phenomenon without uh, trying to hold on to it or get rid of it. So it's this continuity that really brings the, uh, the penetrating uh, depth of this practice. So that's what we, um, what we are cultivating is the continuity of mindfulness by using this gentle reminding over and over. So those are the three aspects of the Eightfold Path, wise effort, wise mindfulness, wise concentration. And that's how they come together in this practice to support our deepening of understanding of moment-to-moment flow of experience. So that's the, um, the kind of the basic technique of just the awareness aspect of this practice. But as Sayadaw Utejaniya frequently says, awareness is not enough for truly understanding and truly opening to the... Uh, the way that this meditation practice can really support our minds to let go of reactivity. Ultimately, this practice, the meditation practice, the Buddhist practice, is about a letting go of the ways that we react to our experience, our what is happening here and now. There's what's happening here and now, what we might call things as they are. And we often don't like things as they are in some way or other. 
we either like them so much that we want to stop the reality and say, let's keep it like this, which is a, a way of trying to hold on to something that's kind of in a continual process of change. Or we don't like things as they are, and we're trying to fix them and control them and get rid of them. Or to what we essentially try to do most of our lives is to arrange the world so that it, it creates a place where we feel like, I can live here, rather than being able to live here with what already is. So the, uh, the meditation practice is about learning how we tend to go towards and away from things as they are, and learn to let go of that reactivity so that we can meet things as they are, rather than through reactivity we can respond skillfully to things as they are. And I, I like to, to bring this in because so many times when people hear this instruction about not being reactive to things as they are, they think it simply means sitting like a lump on a log. That means I just come, become this passive being that just takes in things and doesn't react. Doesn't react. Well, there's a difference between reacting and responding. So what we are trying to cultivate is a way to meet experience where we're not following our habitual tendencies of trying to get everything that's pleasant and get rid of everything that's unpleasant. We're trying to meet our experience where we can respond in a way that's not out of that kind of habitual reactivity and is responding instead out of kindness, out of compassion, out of balance of mind. So this practice doesn't take us to a place where we're just this simply like lumps, non, uh, non-doing beings. It brings us to a place where we can be much more skillful in how we meet our experience. And this transformation around um, letting go of that reactivity takes some understanding because these patterns are so strong, we, uh, we, we need a little bit of wisdom to help us to begin to let go of these patterns. Now, the basic wisdom, and we don't have to get too uh, obscure or complex about this basic wisdom, is that um, when we are acting out of greed, or aversion, or delusion, when, when our tendency is towards trying to hold on to something to keep it, when our tendency is to try to get rid of something, or when our tendency is just kind of not really having a clue, those three basic tendencies of mind will lead us towards reactivity. They will lead us towards this not being able to respond skillfully in our, in our experience. So that's the basic understanding is that when there's a wanting things to be other than they are, when there is a wanting to hold on to things as they are, when there's a not connecting, that will lead us into our 
habitual patterns of reactivity and will then therefore lead us into dissatisfaction, will lead us into stress, into what the Buddha calls dukkha. Dis, uh, suffering is often how that word is translated, but that term seems so heavy at times. Even unease is a, is a kind of a dukkha, a sense that things aren't right. So that's the basic wisdom. It's pretty simple. Can you observe? So along with that wisdom that that's what leads us into suffering is another bit of wisdom that is, can you observe those tendencies instead of acting on them? We're not trying to just stop them cold. That's not really possible. Those habits of mind are very strong. Those habits to hold on and push away. They're very strong. And so we can't simply say, not going to do that anymore. Even though we kind of have a sense that that's what's causing a, a, a struggle in our minds, that we see, we just flare up and get angry at something and then we feel horrible. We see that pattern. So, but we can't just stop it. We know, we know that that's making us suffering and we, we, we don't seem to have the control to just say stop. But what we can do this, is, it's, this also is not easy, but it is doable. We can witness those reactions. It's that mindfulness. It's the mirror of, of what is happening. So we can watch that tendency to hold on or that tendency to pull back. And that simple part, that's, that's all the wisdom I'm going to put out in the room at this moment is just that, that it's a good idea when you notice the mind reaching out to something to hold on or wanting to get rid of something, that it's a good idea to turn towards that as opposed to acting on it. So the way of exploring that in our meditation practice, because oftentimes those habits are so uh, familiar, they're so habitual that we don't actually recognize that they're operating. So as we're sitting in meditation, you know, paying attention to what's going on, we might find that things get, oh, this feels pretty good. Oh, I like this. This is nice. And we're not noticing that the mind is liking things and thinking, oh, now I figured it out. A kind of excitement that is, has started to come in or an anticipation or an eagerness. So as we engage in the practice, from time to time, the uh, other main instruction that Sayadaw Utejaniya gives is to check in to your attitude about what is happening. Check into your relationship to what is going on in your experience. So there's the flow of experience that's happening. And there's almost always some kind of um, attitude about it. And there's four basic flavors of attitude. And I've covered three of them already. There's the, the attitude of greed, of wanting something to happen. 
that, or of wanting to something to keep happening. There's the attitude of aversion, of wanting something to go away, of not liking, of pushing away, of wanting to fix, of control. Then there's the attitude of delusion, of kind of being confused or um, spaced out about what's happening. And then there is balance of mind, which, uh, which Sayadaw Utejaniya calls right attitude. So this is an attitude of just things as they are are fine. There's no sense of needing anything to, to stay. There's no sense of needing to get rid of anything. There's a sense of being with experience. That is the attitude that we are cultivating, that we are essentially moving slowly towards through this practice. So in the practice, we uh, open our attention to what's going on, check in. Am I aware? What am I aware of? Am I aware? What am I aware of? And from time to time, check in. And what's my relationship to this? You can ask the question, what's my attitude? Now, in asking this question, it's not a good idea to think about it. This is not about intellectually uh, thinking about what our attitude is. It's kind of like, I like to think about this, um, this part of the instruction of asking this question, what's my attitude? It's kind of like, you know, just ringing a doorbell. You just a, a turn to that sense of, and what's my relationship here? And then wait and see what answers the door. You don't have to try to find anything behind that door. Just ask the question and see. What that question does is essentially it orients your mind a little bit differently, perhaps to open up your um, attention to something you might not have been noticing. It's that simple. Just, what's my attitude? And then kind of wait. If something is apparent to you, then the instruction is basically to allow that to be included. You don't have to do much with it. You don't have to turn your attention and pay attention to that thing. Just allow it to be in the space of what is known in your experience, in the changing flow of your experience. If you don't find anything in particular, if there's nothing that jumps out at you, just let it go. Don't worry about it. And don't, you know, you don't have to hang out for very long. You know, ask the question. If something's clear, allow that to be included. If it's not clear, just go on with, okay, well, what am I aware of? What am I aware of right now? So this process of turning our attention to our attitude begins to reveal these hidden tendencies or these tendencies of wanting to grab, wanting to get rid of, or perhaps the tendency to not connect to something. So this is the, those root, the roots of the, that reactivity that I talked about before. And we're going to see a lot of this as we meditate. The practice isn't necessarily to get rid of them, of these attitudes, the practice is to learn to understand them. So if we are paying attention to something, if 
if we're paying attention to something and then we notice an attitude of aversion towards it, it's kind of like what we've done is we've taken the lens. I mean, it's like we're looking through um, a lens when we're looking through this attitude of aversion, this, you know, this kind of red-colored lens that we have on our, our eyes. And what we're doing in this process of opening and saying, what's my attitude, is moving that or beginning to at least move that from being something we're looking through to something we're looking at. So it's like taking off that, those colored glasses and looking at them instead of looking through them. So you can look at aversion, or it can be within the field of what is known, and be balanced about it, non-reactive to observing aversion. And then we are in a space of balance of mind. So we don't have to get rid of these tendencies, but we are asked to bring them into awareness so that they're not operating under the, under the radar, in effect. Now, at times when we make this turn, when we turn our attention towards our attitude, we ask, what's our attitude? We see this attitude of aversion, but it's not as if we can really take it off and just look at it. It's more like we know that we're looking through it. It's like it's still there on our eyes and we're looking through it, but we know we're looking through it. And that's a step. That's a step towards at least knowing that it's operating. So as you see this, it's not so much about trying to get rid of these uh, habits of mind. Saira Utejaniya uses the term defilement. This is a common term, the common translation of a Buddhist term, kalesa, which is all of this reactive tendency in our mind. So that the purpose isn't so much to get rid of them as it is to understand them. We're trying to understand the process by which they come into being. We're trying to understand what is it that holds them in place. And just the simple witnessing of them begins to reveal all of the kind of supports that keep them in place. So we don't have to dig. We don't have to try to figure it out. But just opening to. So some particularly good times to check your attitude. It's not such a good idea to kind of do this really frequently. I mean, that can get too busy in our meditation. Um, It's helpful to do it, I don't know, say maybe every five to seven minutes, you know, something like that. Um, But there's some particularly good times to check your attitude. One is if you're noticing any tension or struggle in your experience. Check your attitude there. Um, When you are lost in thought, when you return from being lost in thought, and that's another thing, uh, let me just talk about that for a moment right now. You will notice from time to time that you wake up from being lost in thought. And what the basic instruction is there is first relax. Notice what you have woken up into. There's no particular experience to come back to. We're not, we're not necessarily trying to come back to a primary object. Um, so notice what you have woken up into. Notice that you're aware what you are aware of. Relax. Notice that you're aware of what, what you're aware of. That's the basic instruction around when you notice that you've been lost in thought. So 
it, it is helpful also when you have noticed that you've been lost in thought to also check your attitude in that coming back. So notice what you're aware of and check your attitude. Often when our mind goes off in thought, you know, there's, there's a couple of different patterns that happen here. One is that our minds can go off in thought in kind of being pulled out of the present moment by some habitual tendency of, you know, anxiety or wanting or aversion. And so that maybe you've gone into a planning mode or something. And when you come back, that kind of uh, movement of your mind into wandering has impacted your present moment experience. So noticing how that wandering has impacted you on the return. So you, you wake up into the fact of planning. And what's my attitude? There's anxiety. Okay, so just notice that anxiety is present. Also, there can be this kind of drifting out of the present moment where it's not particularly a, uh, an active pattern in the mind. It's more that the mind has kind of forgotten to pay attention. The mind has just drifted off. And I, I sometimes find actually in the waking up in that kind of place, when, the, when I wake up and the mind is just kind of in that drifting place, that there's actually been a settling that's happened. So the mind actually feels a little more relaxed, a little more balanced. So it's not necessarily the case that when you check your attitude after wandering off in thought, that it will be greed or aversion or delusion. It might actually be balance of mind. I found that more often than I would have expected. So this is a, one of the um, little carrots I offer you in terms of not judging the wandering mind because in the waking up, sometimes you can actually find that the mind is actually naturally settled. And if you are judging yourself for having been lost in thought, you'll miss that natural settling that has happened. So checking the attitude if you notice tension or struggle. Checking the attitude when you come back from wandering. And checking the attitude if you think things are going really well. You know, just if it feels like this is the, you know, the, the best sit you've had in a week, check your attitude. There's probably a little bit of grasping going on around that. So let's do a, um, oh, let me just mention one last thing. Um, if you find, and particularly if you're new to meditation, you might find it kind of hard to just open up to what is happening, just the flow of experience. If you find it really confusing to, to open up to just what is obvious in experience, Allow yourself to settle on something obvious in your physical experience. It might be your butt on the chair. It might be hearing. It might be the sensations of your hands. It might be your breath. It's fine to start somewhere. Just pick something obvious and start there. And, and you can stay with that for a period of time. And then you might start to notice after a period of time that you're naturally beginning to notice other things. 
that you're paying attention for a little while to the pressure of your butt on the chair. And then you start to notice that, the, you know, somebody sneezed. And then you notice a bird singing. And then you notice uh, the way your breath is coming in and out of your nostrils. At that point, there's no need to return to that place where you started. You just stay in the flow of what the mind is already noticing. And any of you, too, if you get confused or lost, it's fine to come back to a place of settling for a few moments until you get regrounded. And then when you naturally start to notice other things happening, let go of that kind of primary grounding object. Okay, so we'll, we'll um, move into a guided meditation.